Welcome to the Barts FM Podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Forever is a Long Time. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And today is Friday, July 7th in the year 2023. We have another great day of Prayer Friday, which is every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. And just another great period today of almost, uh, I guess it was two solid hours or more of prayer. Really encourage you to join in on that or listen to it later. There's, it's very, very powerful. And we always get the amazing testimonies of the effects of prayer which is a lot, we need so much of that right now. There's a lot of things going on in the behind the scenes, obviously, that they're trying to keep our attention away from. And one of those right now is the shift in the money system. And part of that is to create a Tholian web sort of trap that will forever in terms of our lifetimes and anything we can see forward, lock us in to such a degree that we're never going to be able to escape. That isn't going to happen, but it's going to require a great deal of grit and strength for us to bypass it. So we're going to talk a little bit about those sorts of things tonight. But first, let's consider food. Food is a weapon, and these people use food as a weapon, and they know when they use food as a weapon, they can bring people to their knees. And that's another reason to be prepared. We don't really know what we're going into. We know that the USDA is guaranteeing us or the agriculture department is is guaranteeing us that we are going to have a failing of food production next year. Many of the prime crops that we expect to come to the market are not going to. We're also going to see a potential collapse of the U.S. beef market, not because there aren't any beef here, but the cattle producers are not replacing their cows with, with herds to breed. Rather, they're just replacing them with butcher steers. And there's no regeneration in the herds going on while we get flooded with cheap foreign beef. All of that's going to have an effect, especially as we see inflation rise rapidly. People aren't able to afford what they traditionally can, which is going to open the door towards meat with fillers, artificially grown products, and a variety of other garbage. And this threat is increasing as Americans start already. And middle-class Americans are starting to be desperate to get food. You have to be prepared. And one of those ways to do that is to make sure that you have a layered food strategy. Part of that layered food strategy for your family needs to include an emergency food supply, a food supply that you can stick on the shelf for 25 years or more, not worry about it, know that it's there, that'll bridge you for a month, two months, ideally three months per person. And that's where My Patriot Supply comes in. They have one of the highest quality products out there. They're one of the largest, they are the largest supplier of emergency food. And if you go to Prepare with Bards, preparewithbards.com, you're going to find everything you need to take care of your family. This is an investment, and we hope that we never have to use it. And so I guess you'd say that if you invest in something that sits on the shelf for 20 years, you can look forward to having a fun outing with the family to eat on survival food while you practice and pretend that the world is going to end. But the reality is that we face a real crisis, and it's not something to take lightly. 
So take the time and invest in what you need for emergency food supplies. My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply. Head over to preparewithbards.com. Preparewithbards.com. Take advantage of the savings. You're going to get free shipping. And take a look at the products they have. They're solid. They're what you need. And they're going to make a difference for your family. Again, My Patriot Supply. Well, you'll find it at preparewithbards.com. Well, the thing is that right now we are being walked into effectively a trap. There's a lot of people in the World Economic Forum that are speaking out very boldly right now, talking very candidly about what their expectations are. Now, I don't know exactly where this is all going to go. We can't tell the difference between what they're saying and what supposedly is going to happen. There's obviously some sort of a war going on, like I've said here for some time, between elites all vying for the power and control of humanity. I'm not one, as you know very well, that puts my weight or trust in any one politician. I think that's a joke to do so. I do think it's good to have ideas on the table. I really embrace the discussions that RFK Jr. is bringing to the, the, this political debate and to political fight for this nation. And I think that when we combine that with the things that President Trump is saying, we find out we're in a really interesting place of talking about something fundamental, returning America back to the people. How that executes is not on the politician. It's up to us. And it's what we have to start making some hard decisions about to decide where we're going to go and how we're going to get there. There's a short piece here I want to play by Greg Reese. And this really talks about the coming launch of the Fed now and the coming CBDC. Take a listen. In a recent Time Magazine article, Ray Dalio of Bridgewater Associates Hedge Funds warned that the world is on the brink of disaster. He came to this conclusion based on current events that haven't happened since the 1930s. The largest amounts of debt and inflation, the biggest gaps in wealth and values, resulting in the rise of populism on both the left and the right against the elites and the greatest international conflict between world powers, most importantly, between the U.S. and China. Peter Ange writes that the easy way out of this mess would be for the elite to proactively shrink in scope, get government out of the economy, out of social engineering, and out of propagandizing kids. But of course, this won't happen. Common sense and simple observation will tell you that the so-called elites will continue on their path towards economic destruction and world war, which is likely what the international bankers had planned all along. Let us not forget that the fast-growing BRICS monetary system was born in 2001 out of Goldman Sachs. In 1971, President Nixon officially ended the gold standard and replaced it with the petrodollar, in which OPEC agreed to price their oil in U.S. dollars in exchange for U.S. military protection. This blood money deal preserved U.S. control over the world economy. But when the U.S. weaponized the swift payment system against Russia, BRICS became the only viable solution for the rest of the world. Reuters in New Delhi reported that last May, the State Bank of India rejected Indian Oil Corp's planned payment in U.S. dollars for Russian oil. And so they went to a private bank and settled their trade for Russian oil by paying in yuan to the Bank of China and have continued to do so since. 
A shortage of U.S. dollars in Argentina has caused commercial banks to allow the Chinese yuan as a form of currency in savings and checkings accounts. Argentina has already been issuing securities in the Chinese yuan and has made a $2.7 billion payment to the International Monetary Fund using the Chinese BRICS currency. The Federal Reserve Bank's FedNow is scheduled for launch by the end of July. FedNow is officially an update to the Federal Reserve's payment processing and settlement system and appears to be a backdoor to creating a central bank digital currency. Private blockchain operator Tassat has partnered with the Federal Reserve's new payment system and will serve as an interface for FedNow. FedNow will also connect with Metal Blockchain, whose CEO and founder claims will allow banks to prepare for an eventual central bank digital currency, along with bank-issued stablecoins. The idea of a central bank digital currency is already hugely unpopular with the majority of Americans. But according to Dale Hauser, it is being set up to destroy alternative blockchain solutions, such as Ripple and Stellar. And if the powers that be are successful in destroying the U.S. economy, then the only other option to accepting a CBDC would be some sort of revolution, which would be nearly impossible seeing as how divided the populist movement is within the left-right paradigm. Last week in China, the World Economic Forum proclaimed that the entire world needs to switch to a central bank digital currency with expiry dates and restrictions on undesirable purchases. They proposed using artificial intelligence to censor hate speech and disinformation on the internet and using artificial intelligence to control a global social credit system that will involve wearable devices with sensors to monitor everyone's actions. If we the people fail to unite against the powers that be, then their solution will most certainly be world war, depopulation, and total control. And this is all happening right now. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. The fact is that we are in a place right now, we are much closer to a sealing of the deal, so to speak, of us being wrapped within the umbrella of a digital prison. And it's closer than we want to admit because most people enjoy being in denial and not working towards the solutions that we need to work towards. Three years ago, God put in my heart to introduce this concept of county by county, which is a seven-pillar framework, which we know it's on the website. People have been following. And it's the principal foundation for us each to gain enough resilience in our life that we can adapt, two key words, resilience and adaptability, that we can adapt to a changing future. With that, there's a lot of things that have been asked. There's gaps in this. There's unknowns. There's a question of like, how do we? How are we going to do exchange? How are we going to do? How are we going to sell and buy goods? How will we pay our mortgage? And the answers aren't easy. I'll be very honest. But we've had a period of time here to try to pay down debt, to try to consolidate what we need, and we start to move now towards a new model, which we called Operation Vineyard, which is about saving. It's really about rescuing, healing, and, and restoring the children. But all these things are interconnected. And it's really important to start to see the map that's evolving that as God is leading us, which is a map that's based on the idea of complete and total decentralization. Today I had about an hour call with Mike Adams, who you know I respect immensely, and he's done an enormous amount of investment towards creating platforms for people to survive the future. And Mike is, just to give some highlight, Mike is one of these people where what he when he builds something, 
and I don't think most people know this, when he builds a platform, he provides the source code for free. He invests the thousands, sometimes tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars in something and then gives the source code out to anybody that wants to use it. That's Mike's way of doing things. And he's involved right now in some really big projects, which I'm going to tell you that he's opened the op- he's offered it to Bards Nation as we move forward, which is very exciting. And I just want to kind of give you some highlight on a few of these as we talk about this general idea. We are going to be having to look at our lives in terms differently than where they were before. We become very dependent upon centralized systems. That's why we end up where we are. It's how we end up in knowing that there's 45% of the U.S. tap water is laced with forever chemicals because we've bought into this easy, convenient grocery model. We've bought into this easy, cheap beef model where beef is centralized in mass production areas, where agriculture is done in monoculture, and they're using GMO products, genetically modified seeds. They're using, high, they're using all sorts of chemicals and petrochemicals, and it's flushing into the groundwater. That goes on with other things like the flushing of pharmaceuticals down the toilet, the exposure to plastics. We could go on the list. And we end up with water that literally has a chemi- chemicals in it that were, are what they call forever chemicals, and they are, they are laced with polyfluoroalkali substances, PFAS. Now, these are deadly. And not only that, they are, they are the type of substances, as is the famous video of Alex Jones losing his mind, they turn the frogs gay. Okay, this is part of what our world is now. And it's highly concentrated in key areas and cities across the nation. And so as we're looking at this transformation in a society where men are becoming more feminized, where the idea of LGBTQ is, is rampant like a cancer, and we keep looking at, at, at the questions of why, and we start pointing to ideologies and influence and information campaigns, and those are, that's part of it, but there's other things that are more systemic. And there's the dependency on centralized systems like centralized water purification and, and these sorts of technologies that also use fluorides and they use chemicals to, to put into water that are constantly poisoning us and breaking us down. If there's anything we should have learned at this point in time is that anything centralized is dangerous to humanity. Once you consolidate power for, for people to control you, you abdicate your responsibility, they can take control, and they will do something evil for you. Historically and biblically, that proves true all of the time. When we look at the model that I laid down last night fairly in, in enough detail to start to understand The concept of Operation Vineyard is a decentralized model. It's focused in its its initial phase, and it is an important phase, an essential phase, on rescuing, healing, and, and restoring the children. But it also gives a fabric of how we can move the society forward. And it's very important to start embracing this. We the people, we the people, have to start stepping in and stop looking for others to solve the problems for us. There's still so much emphasis on President Trump. There's so much emphasis on RFK Jr. Like these people are going to make a difference. I think they make a great difference in the discussions that they have, but I question whether they make any difference at all once they get into office, at least limited, knowing what we know. Now here's a bizarre headline. New map projects Trump's massive blowout victory in GOP primary in all but two states. They're pushing this narrative that there's going to be a legitimate election, and yet we have not even gotten past 2020 yet. We haven't redone 2020. Nothing has been done here. And people keep believing that there's somehow going to be a revolution in the vote. How is that possible? 
How are we going to see anything different from 2020 when we saw 2022 do the same thing? And how is this going to be moving forward with a legitimate vote? The answer is it can't happen until we, the people, make the change and force the change. It's that simple. We can change this nation very quickly if we had a legitimate vote system. But it's not there. And the only person out here, I'll say it, the only two people out here pushing to have that transformed is one, Mike Lindell, who's on the campaign against the machines, and Dr. Frank, who's on the campaign to teach people the ground game on how to validate the vote. And those are two very important aspects that every community should be doing in an aggressive form. But then was, you also will see many of these, these communities pushing back on it because, again, people don't want to have to face the real fact. Our government is a tyranny. Our government agencies, the three-letter agencies, are fully participant in trafficking children. The government programs are wholly geared towards dividing the people by virtue of race and politics and gender identity. And the taxation model is intended to keep people constantly having to have less while prices go up in inflation, which is engineered, so that people constantly are driven to having to work with the ultimate goal of two people working and ultimately breaking the family. Once the family's broken and we're pretty close, the state swoops in and takes care of the kids and the parents are separated from them and now the state has everything it wants. It's always been about the kids. These are things that we have to fight for and they are things that we are going to have to fight against and we have to win. There's not a choice. It's that simple. Now, before we go any further, one thing I really want to point out is the importance of air quality right now. Air quality is one of those things that you're dealing with and there is a device I want you to be aware of and that device is called EK Pure. It's an environmental device developed by uh, EnviroCleanse and is a US made air filter. It uses an industrial grade, hospital grade HEPA filter with a mineral filter that's patented and it's been selected by the U.S. Department of Defense as the system to purify the air within the Navy ships and submarines. This is a fantastic system. It keeps the allergens, viruses, chemicals, and odors purified in your house. It will cycle air with filtration on a regular basis, multiple times per hour, runs quietly, and it even comes with a free air filter to verify the improved quality of air within your home. You can find these at ekpure, ekpure.com ekpure.com. Use your BARDS code, B-A-R-D-S. You'll get 10% off and you'll get free shipping. I think it's free shipping. At least you'll get 10% off and then you're going to get a free air quality filter. Maybe not the free shipping. Not so sure about that. Better check on that. But anyway, you'll you'll be very happy with the filter system. Well built. Check it out. Head on over to ekpure.com. Ekpure.com. Check out the product. It's a fantastic product. They're, they are something that will truly make a difference in your health and your well-being in your home. I'm speaking the first hand. I've had this one running for at least a month, and it has makes a huge difference in the air quality, how you feel, how you breathe, and these are things that are all very important in the time in which we live. So again, ekpure.com, ekpure.com. Promo code is BARDS. So the issue that we have here in facing the changes is whether we're going to accept convenience or whether we're going to accept the challenges that come before us. Air quality, water quality, food quality, land, earth quality, and these are things that we have to start addressing, and they are big issues. When we start looking at, we know the water is, is becoming toxic and poisoned. Our food has become toxic and lack of nutrients and poisoned. The air around us is the same. It continues to be a problem. 
We have land that has become poisoned with the topsoils that are about ruined. The only thing we can do is to fall back on ourselves and our efforts. When we do this, people always fall back, I would say not always, but too often, people start to paint the pictures of the impossible barriers in which we can't overcome. And this is really where the pivot has to be made. We're on the edge right now of making a significant decision, which will be our forever decision. And I do mean that exactly what I said. What we do in life echoes into eternity. And that's going to require us to have to really buckle up and make hard decisions going forward. We prepare the best we can, but we have an unknown coming at us. And it's pretty much like walking down the tracks and you see a light and you assume that it's a train and then you find out it's not a train. It's like three trains that are going to blow the whole wide mountain wide open. But because you at least prepared for one train, you can jump farther off the tracks to avoid getting run over. We don't know how big this beast is or what the noose is that they're trying to make, but we can get a pretty good idea that the trap that they're building is huge. Ultimately, what they're trying to do is force people into a place using the banks, the money system, food, and ultimately energy as their principal issues to control those domains so that people are forced to comply with a digital currency. And in so doing, forced to comply to them because people didn't prepare. That's not something we can afford to do here because if you want to look at the end goal again, what is it that they're after? They're after the kids. If we fail on this mission, if we don't sacrifice, if we don't come together, if we don't build unity and understand the importance of distributed systems, we are going to be overwhelmed by a state that has the power of, of the centralized systems and they will intimidate and break us and we will end up being slaves. I'm not going to fall for that and I will, I will, it will be the mountain in which I die on. That's where my last stand will be. But every one of us has to have that in our mentality. And we have to be prepared for what it's going to take. And none of this is said to, to cause angst or anxiety because everybody's at a different place. But there's a fundamental issue here that everybody has to really come to grips with. And it's a change in mindset. It's a change in mindset that in everything we do, we have to literally seek the voice of God in what we do. And that's easier for some than others. Many have never heard the voice of God. Many have never sought the voice of God. You have to start listening to your heart. And you have to start leading with your heart and learning to trust with that message. Sometimes it's a false, it's a false message. Satan has a funny way of getting in the way of things. And that's part of us building up our armor. And that's part of us getting clear in unity with, our, with the Holy Spirit. But we literally have to get ourselves cleared and anchored in God. The times are moving here. And the mission that's set before us here in Bard's Nation, for those that are going to be part of this commission in dealing with children, you're not going to get a choice. In one way or another, we're going to have to confront the worst of evil. Whether you're on the point of that spear or you see the consequence of it, when we're dealing with children that have been damaged and harmed by any sort of human tra or sex trafficking or human trafficking, abuse, whatever that is, and there's multiple things that they do to kids. Kids are a prize for this deep state and for these evil that is beyond our imagination. The evils that they will perform against kids are more than your mind can process. And they do so with pleasure because ultimately they see it as a strike to give God pain. They hate our father. And so we have to take that stand with David because they have already defamed our God. And since they have defamed our God, the question is, are we going to stand or are we going to be like the army in which David stood for, cowering in the tents and wondering when this thing is going to go away? Unfortunately, a large part of our population is still cowering in the tents. And it's time now to step up and be bold.
there's going to be times we're not going to win a fight. Some people will, will pay a cost for that. It might be jail. It could be something else. But the fact of the matter is, if we aren't standing up together and taking this fight on together and then uniting together in this fight, we have no chance. Unity is strength. Division is how they win. That means we have to build bridges where sometimes we're not comfortable building bridges. We have to lead with the body of Christ and our love in Jesus, and we have to bring as many with us as we can. But we also have to be understanding that our perspective always has to be on kingdom first. Unfortunately, with the way we walk, we still spend too much time putting our eyes on our bank accounts and our eyes on the fears in which we manifest. And we have to start changing a paradigm in how we see things. So let's take a look at food for a minute and just watch this paradigm shift. Right now, we're hearing all about how there's going to be food shortages. I talk about it here every day, whether I talk about it on an advertisement for one of these sponsors or whether it's for real. There is going to be food shortages, let's be clear. And you do need to prepare for the transition or shift or the shortages that come. But what is the upside of this? Our, our food is laced with fertilizer poisons. It's laced with, with GMO-modified garbage with herbicides, pesticides, that's your commercial food. And even the stuff that says it's organically grown, I would be putting a big question mark on exactly what you are getting because the nutrition quality of that food doesn't necessarily mean it's better because it's organically grown. There are so many loopholes around organics that it's unbelievable. And anybody that's been following the organic market since it's really picked up momentum, which officially organic, which takes us back to the 90s, you know very well that they were working right then on how to industrialize organic agriculture to make money on the fact that it was organically branded and not give you anything other than the crap that you had before. In fact, in some cases, charging you more for a product that was grown the same. So what is it that it means when we say we have no fertilizers? What it means with no fertilizers, obviously, is a reduction in the food. But that also means that people are going to have to take more responsibility to grow their own food, which means healthier food, if you're doing it. So with everything that they do, there's always a countermeasure. But the difference is that when we're relied on a centralized system of distribution with mono-agriculture models, where we're looking to what's at the grocery store, trying to see what the prices are, trying to see this or that, and we're not shifting back to seeing that we have to decentralize off their models, we get trapped in, the, in their Tholian web, the web that we can never escape from. So this thing with fertilizer, I smile. I'm like, good. Now, I know there's just going to be people with shortages, and those shortages are starting to show up already because with shortages come, there's a matching parallel of inflation. All of this is by design, slowly eroding down society, trying to break it down to where there's a tipping point to where suddenly things snap. And we don't know what that snap is or what it's going to look like, but they will definitely exploit it. Take France, for example, right now. France, as they say, is burning, which is probably true, except that there's some conflicting reports coming out of France that where people are, there's nothing happening. So the question really is, what is burning in France? What districts are burning in France? And who's exploiting the news to make everybody in the world think that France is at its end game? Like France is, France is done. France is, is ended. All sorts of headlines like that. They're going to do the same to us, and they're going to do the same to us between each other because they know that if they control the centralized information, they can paint whatever story they want. And food will be one is all they have to do is start leveraging inner cities with their paid insurgents 
that are looking to cause problems, having more violence, riots, more stampeding into stores, breaking in, destroying Walmarts, etc., forcing corporations to withdraw, keeping people short on food access, you start to see the problem developing. And it will always be in the cities first. But the advantage that we gain here is that for every step that they take to try to break the economy, we have an opportunity to assume that role, stepping in, getting our hands dirty, and filling the gap with small decentralized businesses and efforts. So these people know that they're being exposed. And they know that their centralized model, which hates freedom, absolutely hates freedom, they know that, that they are going to have, they are struggling to try to maintain the control over that. Their only answer is to push for more violence. And that means they will use their paid insurgents, they will do a lot of things, but we have to hold a line of a much higher order. And when we hold that line of a much higher order, we begin to see our way through this, which doesn't require a response of violence to violence. Unfortunately, we get caught in that trap way too much, forgetting in fact, that we actually do have other opportunities. Let me play this short piece here on just a perspective of where we need to go. What if I told you that we could have more wealth creation in this country than has ever been experienced before in the world's history? What if I told you by one simple thing, if we just did this one simple thing, we could have wealth creation where people have private planes like they have private cars today? And I'm not even kidding you. I'll tell you what it is. Get the federal government off our back. Get the federal government away from us. Get rid of the federal government in every way, shape, or form possible. Get rid of taxation. Get rid of the Department of Education. Get rid of the FBI. Get rid of all these agencies. Get rid of all of them. Get rid of them. People say, well, wait, 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 wait. We can't do that. Because what about these things that we, the federal government provides? The states can do them better. I don't know that I would agree that the states can do them better. I would say the people, we the people can do them better. And that's really the key. We have to get to a decentralized model. And my personal belief is the decentralized model has to be centered on a county by county. These steps make people question and fear. There's a fear that comes out of this because people don't want to let go of something that they know. There's a lot of default that people want to go back to or want to believe in that the vote will work. Knowing that 2020 was rigged massively. I've said this before, if Trump wins in 2024, it's been rigged again. And I don't care if you like Trump, are you happy that he wins or not, but we cannot have these sorts of things of winning at any cost. Our system is corrupted to the core. The political system is laced with pedophiles. And pretty much everybody in D.C. knows that there's pedophilia rampant or has participated in it. So when you have 90% or more, probably more like 95% of D.C. that's either knowing of or complicit in the actions of pedophilia, child sex trafficking in one way or another, you have to ask yourself, how is the vote going to fix that? Because most of those people aren't even voted in. We have to start building through this at an alternative way of living. And that's the model that I've been put, talking about here that comes out of Operation Vineyard, which is a model where we are going to umbrella things under common law. That's the law of the people. It's a model where we start looking at us taking responsibility for understanding what the human terrain and the political terrain is in our counties, using our own source of information in counties to build stories, to tell people and inform people, action-oriented people, this person's a pedophile. This person is buying 
is is soliciting and buying sex on children. This person is consuming and buying child pornography. This person is getting money from a known organization that in the other side understand supports pedophilia or child sex trafficking or something like that. We have to start building the map. And of course, it sounds like everything links to children. Well, guess what? It does. That's the, that is the biggest grift going in the entire world to convince people that the child trafficking issue is not that big of a deal when in fact it's the backbone to everything they do. And that is the challenge that we face in trying to wake people up because you're not going to solve this at a national level. I don't care who I vote in for president. I don't care who they are. They are never going to be able to solve these problems unless we the people stand up. And if you want to participate in the vote, and we all want to vote for something and see what happens and say, yay, 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 President Trump won or whatever, still keep things in a recent perspective because that system has not been corrected. We are a year and some away from the election of 2024, and nothing has been done to correct the election system, yet we're being told in polls, we're being told by President Trump, we're being told when I take office again. Okay. And, I, and maybe you're one that wants to believe that, like, oh, man, he's actually already president. They're going to reinstall him. And maybe that's true. But then what have we solved here? Nothing has been resolved in terms of the election piece. We still are dealing with a rigged event. We are still dealing with a corrupted system. And you don't solve corruption by having more of it. We have to get back and strip down to the very core. And that means we have to take our dependency off of the centralized systems. That's the key. As I've said many times, I haven't heard a single candidate yet speak out against the CBDC. I haven't heard a single candidate yet, well, other than, other than RFK Jr. I haven't heard a single candidate denounce the injection or to start opening up investigations to, for criminal investigations and to allow for reparations for people that took it. Forget your reparations by race. That's, that's a grift. But the reparations of people that took the, the vax, there has to be some sort of medical coverage to help them out because this system convinced them to take it. We're in a real conundrum here. And the biggest one of them all, which we can talk about all these things that no one's talking about. So you ban LGBT garbage in the schools. So you push out all the, all the immigrants out of our country. What are we going to do about a generation of kids, Gen Z, Gen Millennial, and all of the damage that has been done to them mentally, ideologically, and physically. How are we going to undo that? That effort is only going to happen at a local level. The victories at the national level make no difference, and they want everybody constantly looking up because everything about what they're talking about is consolidation of power. We could get rid of D.C. tomorrow. We could get rid of every federal agency we could get rid of most of the state agencies. We could go down to county agencies and we could liaison as we the people through true people representation. And I will guarantee you that we will get along just fine because we're all pretty much sick of this crap. And we've all pretty much worn down pretty thin of the stupid that's trying to run our lives and drive us into the pit. So this is a time really where we need to start thinking differently. And decentralization is a big part of it. And it requires that we're going to have to adapt differently. I saw a, an example today of something that I will guarantee you we are going to introduce in Bard's Nation in the coming year. 
and it's a concept of a decentralized web. It's amazing, the app, this technology. And this technology basically takes away centralized servers and it allows you to access the web from your desktop and yet connect in communities in such a way that you can go peer-to-peer, point-to-point. You can do crypto exchange. You can do chats. You can do video, live streaming. You can do all of this stuff. And it's all decentralized, and there's no way that they can stop it. They can't control it. They can't confiscate it. They can't censor it. And this whole system was designed not by a a Republican. It wasn't designed by a, a, a Democrat. It wasn't designed by an independent. It was designed by an anarchist who is absolutely fed up of everybody getting involved in disrupting freedom of communication. This system is, is coming, and it's, it will be online in a few weeks. And over the next year, that's something that we will bring into Bars Nation. And there will be a transition time. As these platforms will continue to be used, a migration period will be set up and people will have to adapt and learn something a little bit about technology. The user interfaces are not difficult, but there's something to keep in mind for this. Currency, always a big one. How do we solve currency problems? Something I'm working on right now. In fact, I'm taking the knowledge that Mike Adams has with knowledge that I've gained from others, and we're building out this network through this, through Bards Nation and this other project of Operation Vineyard, so that we umbrella things over a series of layers between 508s, PMAs, and co-ops to be able to use an integrated currency system that can use digital to translate to physical products. That means a digitized barter system. All of this is going to be happening. It's taken months, if not years, to find the technologies, to see how they come together, find the right people. But everything that the, the people are seeing for survival of this system is for us to decentralize to such a degree, including everything that God's put on my heart, that we have to decentralize to such a degree that they can never again do to us what they did. But that means a change in our mentality. That means an active participation at our local level of each one of us taking responsibility in our communities. The, the noise and confusion of the big, big picture stuff, yeah, whatever. D.C. has no power if the people don't pay attention to it. The state has no power if you don't pay attention to it. And in a local community, when you start to get the enforcers of power to come in rolling in with their up-armored vehicles or rolling in with their badge and their big and their round brown or whatever they're doing, state troopers, local police, sheriffs, whatever they are, the fact of the matter is that they are all subject of subjects of the people. And that's something we have to keep in mind. We, the people are the power of everything in this nation. That is the thing that they don't want us to accept. Nobody wants to give up their power. And that's too bad because they're going to have to. We the people will ultimately take back this nation. And there will be islands of stupid that will be around, probably highly concentrated in big cities. They will be people that will become enslaved. They will do so by their free will. They will initially think it's wonderful because they'll probably get a UBI. They'll be able to live a car-free life. They'll talk about how they don't have to pay expenses of a car or maintain it. And that's all cool, except that once they bore, bore, get bored to death of a 15-minute city model where they can't escape their 15-minute prison, then they're going to realize what trap they've walked into. That's no trap that we can ever be part of. And instead of looking at that as a threat to us, we have to look at that as something we're trying to push out. The biggest thing about all of this is to remember that we have the authority on this earth. 
And it's a place that we have not been educated to appreciate. In, for, in fact, we've been pushed to go the other way. And churches do it today. They don't want to embrace that we have the authorities to steward this earth. The powerful thing about every Friday in our prayers is the reminder that we do have authorities. We hear it through testimony every week when we are declaring healing, we're declaring transformation of events, love, and the change of events through prayer. We had testimony today from somebody that was in London, I'm sorry, England, and it's a prayer, it was a prayer for a family, a, a woman and her daughter that were being evicted out of a home. They had no choice and they had no place to go. Last week, we prayed on it. We prayed for a change of heart. We prayed for an opportunity to transform things. And guess what? A week later, 10 days roughly, the owner of the building, the landlord, had a change of heart, found another residence for he himself to live in, and allowed that person to stay. It's a simple little example, but it's, we're talking about something halfway across the world. Prayers matter. Our focus matters. Our intent matters. And working together matters as a cohesive element. This is the direction that I'm walking, that I hope all of us are walking, because this is where we're at this juncture to make these decisions, which for our lifetimes and for all consequence, this is the forever decisions. What we do in the present echoes into eternity. And I'm t- really tired a lot of the muck and the garbage of the web. We'll touch on it from, t- and we'll continue to touch on it from the news, but we have to touch on it from a different perspective so that it doesn't become that muck and that burning and burning down and burden of some things that leave us feeling like we have no hope. We have all the hope in the world, and the hope always begins with Father God. The hope always begins in the strength of our faith and trusting that He will deliver. But there's another part of this equation that we can't ever forget. Life is not supposed to be a cakewalk. It is not supposed to be easy because we are supposed to be being refined and learning to be greater in who we are. We are the sons and daughters of the Most High. We're infantile in the perspective of this entire world and universe. And these trials that we have here on earth are intended to have us grow. People hate this. They don't like this. They don't like that that's happening. They want to know why God doesn't intervene. They want to know why we have all these burdens because it's part of our walk to become greater as the sons and daughters of the Most High. We're in a very enviable position for many because, and I mean even in terms of the cloud of witnesses, as they watch us move through and take these challenges on to go to another level, to start opening our eyes, to distancing ourselves from the stupid and embracing instead the glory of what this world is about and starting to write another narrative. And ultimately, that's what a lot of this is, is we have to make a decision for ourselves and where we're going of what's really important. Sadly, we've ended up in a place where we get mired down in their narratives, their narratives which are constantly, constantly trying to tell us that we can't and we won't. And yet we have to start telling ourselves that we can and we will. And not just saying it, but we have to believe it. At the end of the day, all the challenges that are coming at us, whether it's the Fed now, the CBDC, whether it's this incredible mass that we're taking on, the international cabal of a transnational, transgenerational network of people, of sick, sick people that are exploiting children, abusing children and trafficking children. And we're going to take that, that attack to them. 
And nowhere in my heart does it say we will fail. Instead, I say we will win, and we will win decisively, and we will break the back of this cabal forever. And I know that's the attack, but you have to believe it too. And you have to, that's where the warrior heart comes in. No doubts, no fear, nothing. There is a lot of things going on in everybody's lives. There's a lot of loneliness in the people's lives. There's a lot of isolation. There's a lot of financial concern. There's all these things lead to these feelings of when is it going to end? The answer is it won't until our last breath here. Because our commission in this world is to do things greater for kingdom and in the process be refined for an inheritance that we can't even imagine. So in these moments, breathe. Breathe in and be thankful. Look at where you have and change and always ask yourself how to change the paradigm and perspective of where you're at. What is a negative always has a positive. Glass half empty, glass half full. And so as we do these things and move forward, we become stronger. We become stronger together. And there's one other thing to remember. We never leave anybody behind. It is easy to get frustrated and to dump people off the side. If it's their choosing to walk away, that's one thing. But people will stumble. People will lose perspective. People will need, need some support. This community here has done an amazing job of rallying around people and being there for them. And there's sometimes hard decisions have to be made because people sometimes get so fixated on a problem they can't hear anymore. And they have to, be, they have to step aside a bit. But our emphasis is to build this body of Christ. This is God's mighty army. And with it, there's nothing before us that we can't overcome. In a single call today of one hour, I had tasks set before me that were critical, dealing with potential web outages and dealing with currency issues. That's a couple of the reasons that I talked to Mike Adams. But I knew God led me to say, call Mike. And I did. And it took us a couple of days to link. But in the end of that call, Mike steps in and says, I'll be that guy for you. I will help you with everything we develop. I will offer that to you so that you don't have to carry the burden of cost. I will help you and advise you on how to solve these problems because I want to be part of this because we have to learn to work together to overcome this beast. When we carry that idea in everything we do and we are truly then building the kingdom foundation and that's that sort of forever decision because we're changing the way we see each other. We're changing the way we live. We're changing the way we walk. We're now flying with the eagles and we're not wasting our time with the chickens on the ground. A huge moment in time for all of us, a beautiful time, something that you know that sits before us as God's place before us, a commission, a commission to literally rescue, heal, and restore the children. But there's something greater in that too. Brad said something, Brad Cummings, Pastor Brad Cummings said something to me last night that was very touching. He said, I listened to what you said. He said, and I said, and don't take this wrong. He says, you have a brilliant mind. But he said, there's no possible way in the world you could have identified the three words that completely summed up the Bible in three simple words without having spent years and years and years of study. He said, what that tells me is, you heard the heart of God, and I did. Rescue, heal, restore. That's not just for the kids. That's for us. That's for the body of Christ. 
It's for this nation, and it's for the world. This is the walk we're on. It's a glorious walk. And together, we will win. Together, we build something that we hand the torch off to the next generation. Together, we build a foundation that can never be rocked. It is truly the foundation built truly, truly on the rock of faith. And whatever that looks like in terms of our nation, in terms of flags, in terms of whatever, in the end, it doesn't matter. We've been given documents of this nation that are templates. The Declaration of Independence is a template. The Constitution is a template of how to live. But most importantly, above all of that, is our relationship with God, our loyalty to Him, moral laws, our structure in which we live, and our trust always in Him that He will deliver. Rescue. Heal. Restore. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time we come together. We thank you for the insights and the blessings that are provided to all of us each and every day. And Father, we are just sitting here tonight in reflection of all that's before us in a world that literally, for the most part, has gone insane. A world that is turned on its head, constantly going crazy. And yet within it, there's a core of just absolutely strength, courage, and fearlessness within the body of Christ. It doesn't get the billboards. It doesn't get the attention of headlines. It doesn't get the chest awards. It doesn't even get a pat on the back. And we don't seek it. But what it does, Father, is has the strength in you, the love in Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit. So, Father, for everyone that's sitting here tonight, whether they're in a station of strength or a station of questioning, we just ask for that fulfillment of the wisdom that you can pour upon each heart that each heart just feels the, the strength of the Holy Spirit to flow through it to heal those things that are lurking there. Maybe it's something from the past. Maybe it's a doubt of the future. Maybe it's a questioning in the moment. But Father, this prayer tonight is for everyone to be touched by the Holy Spirit, truly to be reminded that we are the children of the Most High. We are walking a path that is truly divine and noble, no matter how tough or difficult it is, no matter how lonely it may be at times or how impossible the barriers between before us may seem, all of these we can overcome with you. And in so doing, we are refined in the fires of, of trial. We are improved, we learn, we grow, and we come mightier in the body of Christ and mightier in our inheritance as the sons and daughters of the Most High. So guide us, Father, in this hour. Bless us. Encourage us. Jesus, we are proud in such a humble way to be here with you as our Lord and Savior, reminded of how much was sacrificed for us to be here in this time and place. And let us remind ourselves of the mantle which we must carry as we agree and understand that we are given authorities over this world and all over, over dominion over evil, that we also can do greater works than he let us be reminded that that may also mean that at some point or another we may, must, may need to carry the mantle of the cross. Let us walk boldly and fearlessly in this life, knowing that no matter what is called upon us by kingdom, we have prevailed and will prevail over evil. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So patriots, it's a great time to be alive. A wonderful place to walk and a blessed walk we have together. I spent time this weekend 
Let's take a little time, enjoy the outside, spend some time with Father God. If you can, get into the garden, get outside around animals, take a hike in the woods, look up, take a look at the magnificence of this world. There is so much crap on the internet, truly. And it is just, it's really just a cesspool of human, of the human side, of the worst side of humanity. But God didn't create that. God created what's out here. And whether you're in the city or in the country, all you have to do is look up to be reminded of the glory of heaven and the glory of his creation. So keep your heaven, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relents, always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you Sunday night for Peace Be Still. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs, and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country.
an old evil that has waited thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.